Welcome to Cinema 7. I'm your host, Mary Bakari, and today I am joined by, as always, my main man, John Kenobi. Hey, how's it going? Also with me today, you know him by his laugh. He's the icon. <laughs> yes. Chris Hawk. Uh, business is a go right now. Um, <laughs> this is our second attempt of uh, podcasting over Skype. If you listen to our Guardians of the Galaxy episode, our take, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, uh, that was our first attempt to podcast over Skype, and hopefully you guys can uh, hear us well and understand, you know, of course there's going to be some technical difficulties or some issues, you know, it's the first time we gave it a shot. It's the second but, time. But uh, this is our second time, yeah, so this this will hopefully be a little bit better if there are issues with that last one, but um, we're Cinema 7, we're a podcast about Mostly film, we dip and dive a little bit into uh, video games. Um, we cover mostly anything in the spectrum of entertainment. Um, today is uh, our take, Alien Covenant. We're going to talk about uh, just the, the whole film, how it, uh, how it, I guess, intertwines with the franchise, and if it's a, how great of a sequel it is compared to Prometheus. So we're going to get into that, and then afterwards we're going to get into some news. But first, we're going we're gonna to get right into Alien right away. Uh, non-spoiler. Um, non-spoiler discussion a little bit, or our opinions non-spoilerly about Alien Covenant, and then we're going to go straight into it. Spoilers all out. And uh, first, I just want to give a, uh, give a th- little shout-out to our uh, newsletter. Uh, John Kanoki, if you want to mention our newsletter real quick. Sure. So uh, we do a newsletter. Sign up for it. <laughs> no, we but uh, we do one of those. We uh, we we do a newsletter just uh, to sum up everything. You know, if uh, you don't have time to listen to the podcast, or you know, you got uh, ten thousand different podcasts to listen to. You know, you don't have time to do that. So uh, just subscribe to our newsletter and see just a bit about the episode, and you can decide if you want to watch or listen to it rather. And if you don't, you don't. I mean, but you probably should. Mario, yeah, did you, you get a preview of it? Mario, did you want to start with Prometheus first? Um, I say we get into that a little bit in our spoiler territory. Okay. Um, but our non-spoiler, we can just talk about like what we thought generally of uh, Alien Covenant. Also, uh, we're going to start doing um, a new themed episode. We have so far we have Picture Fix It, which we uh, either pitch a movie or something or we pitch an idea for a movie or whatever it might be a game whatever um or we choose to fix something if we don't think it's uh if we all mutually agree it's uh not that great and then we also do take two which we revisit uh older movies or movies that have been out and uh chris hawk came up with this new one that we're going to do if you want to talk about that for a quick second so there are so many movies out there and there is just so little time in the world. And so these are, this section that we call, it's called Overdue. And these are the movies that we should have seen or the movies that we never got around to seeing. These are, sometimes they will be politically, not politically, uh, pop culturally famous movies such as Groundhog Day or Lawrence of Arabia or just a famous movie that all three of us have not seen that should have seen. And so we're all going to see this movie and we're going to give our take on it. So it's yeah, called... we're going to, we're going to, 
Oh, go ahead. It's called Overdue. Yeah, so that's some exciting things from Cinema 7, but um, just wanted to go over that real quick. If we have anybody new who listens to us, or if you're just discovering us, um, go over briefly of some of the things we got going on. And uh, soon we're going to be starting, um, John, if you want to mention it real quick, the uh, patron page. Yeah, I'm going to uh, set up a, a <laughs> Patreon page. <laughs> you have a Patreon page? Yeah, we, we have one. I wrote up uh, an About Me about oh, wow. it. Um, cool. There's some uh, reward tiers and everything. The only thing we need to do is record an intro video where Chris Hawk's actually present for it and uh, get that going. But uh, yeah, amazing. I mean, you can contribute, you know, as little as a dollar a month to us for no reason, just because, you know, you, you care about us and we'll uh, put it towards the podcast. That's the best thing about Patreon is that a dollar uh, a month. Just just to give you the, the first reward tier, a dollar a month, we will mention your name as a sponsor of this podcast on every single podcast we do. That's amazing. I don't care how many people donate a dollar. I'll list a thousand people if I have to. We'll do it. We'll do it. John will do it. He might have a whole episode <laughs> dedicated to just announcing that. I'll have to those start an hour people. ahead of time to list off the names, or we just <laughs> um, or we just speed up John's voice. That would be pretty funny, actually. Don't don't give away our secrets. That's yeah, no sh- secrets. What are you talking about? Welcome to the main. So event. um, here we go. Non-spoiler. We're get we're gonna dabble right into Alien Covenant. Um, I say we start this off with Chris Hawk's general opinion. On Alien Covenant. So Alien Covenant was a very different movie than what I expected. I expected somewhat of an Alien prequel, if that makes any sense after watching Prometheus, which was supposed to be an Alien prequel. And I came away feeling a little bit unsatisfied with Alien Covenant. Um, Alien Covenant has some of this familiar beats from Prometheus, but also has some familiar beats from Alien and Aliens. And a part, they combine together to form this very muddled movie. And sometimes it works, but most of the time, I feel that it doesn't. And so, this is a weird movie because I did enjoy it. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I kind of know where everything's going in this movie, and it doesn't surprise me at all. So, this it's just a weird movie. To, it's like, this movie can best be described as a familiar favorite song, in which, you know, this is your favorite song, you love, you love to listen to it, you know nothing's new about it, nothing's going to change, and it pleases you, and it's just familiar. And that's what Alien Covenant felt like. It just felt familiar. And that's, that's what I felt about Alien Covenant. I agree. It definitely is. Um, I think it's it's definitely different in tone and in feel to Prometheus because I think Ridley Scott was um, really conflicted on whether it was an. I mean, obviously it's a prequel to Alien, but I think he wanted it to be its own thing in a lot of ways. You talking about Prometheus or Covenant? Yeah, Prometheus. Okay, and I think and I think this. I think he wanted this to be mainly a sequel of Prometheus, but in my opinion, this doesn't really match or the tone or the feel of Prometheus, so it doesn't flow right to me. But it also, I think because of that, it 
its overall presentation doesn't f- feel like an alien movie either. So even though there's alien present, so I, I, it, it, it is different, like you're saying. So it's, it's, to me, it's unique in the alien franchise. It's, it's definitely different, um, which I can see how people can take it as a positive. Yet to me, this doesn't work with the franchise. So it's kind of a negative in a way for me, but I'm honestly conflicted. Um, there are elements I uh, really enjoyed here, uh, plot-wise, and uh, I was completely taken off guard, off uh, guard, as surprised by how the plot was moving. Uh, so that I was entertained by that, but like I said, it just it 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 doesn't it feels too different within the franchise, and and it doesn't flow with Prometheus. So it it feels as if it's it's more. I, I just feel like it should have been called Covenant, really, or because if he's, I, I just don't know what really Scott's doing, honestly. And 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 um, I mean that's all I'm gonna say before we get into spoilers. So I'm gonna pass it off to John. Um, I don't know what else. I don't know what else to say. I, I we'll get into spoilers <laughs> and talk about it more. I, I I'm honestly super conflicted, and I I just don't know. I don't know what really Scott's doing here. So uh, John, if you want to generally explain. It's uh, it's it's hard. It's hard to talk about it generally. Um, I I will say I, I didn't hate it, but I didn't necessarily like it. It was just kind of a movie for me. Uh, it I I definitely do agree. It wasn't uh exactly what I thought it would be. I don't I don't think anybody really expected this movie. And uh, it's doing pretty well, so I guess people are, you know, enjoying it, but it's not doing fantastic. Um, I do think that uh, it kind of tries to retcon some of what he's done in the past, and I don't think people are responding to that well. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me personally, but uh, that's spoiler territory where we, we get into the, uh, just the just the things we don't understand there. Uh, but... I, I pretty much agree with you guys. I'm uh, very hesitant, kind of confused, but at the same time, it wasn't a bad movie. It did, you know, I did like it enough to say it wasn't bad, and I, you know, it, it's just not an alien movie, I guess. I think John brought this up a great exactly... uh, brought up a great yeah, point about about retconning. And if you guys want to get into some, some spoiler territories, I want to pose a question involving retconning. If that's all right, you guys ready for spoilers? Yeah, we can get into the spoiler uh, territory I think now. You have to get into spoilers. Okay, yeah, so I mean, go ahead. Uh, all right, so John brought up retconning, which is very interesting because it does feel like Ridley Scott wants to get rid of the notion of aliens, because as we all, I think we know that James Cameron directed Aliens, and in Aliens we find out that the aliens are coming from an alien queen, and there has not been one mention of an alien queen and any of Ridley Scott's movies, which leads me to believe that I don't think Ridley Scott is ever going to put an alien queen in his movie, and we find out that it's David and Shaw that actually are the creators of the Xenomorph. How do you guys feel about that? Um, personally, I just don't know where he's coming from in a way, I mean, I understand he did the first one, and it wasn't him until now to bring to or Prometheus to revisit the the universe of Alien. Um, 
But in the first Alien movie, there's the space jockey, as it was called then, but now we know them as engineers, um, was in one of those ships. Uh, they have a special name for that ship, the engineer ship. I forget cr- what it's called. It's called the Crystal. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm kidding, but it, that's what it looks like. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, th- th- and there's eggs there, so I don't, I don't know if, what, this is, this is what confuses me, is he, he brought in the whole engineer race in the last one to, you know, obviously as like a, hey, this was what you kind of saw in Alien, a little tease of this race who had the alien eggs, but then they don't have the alien eggs yet. And then in this one, it's like, nope, they're all gone now. That whole race is dead. <laughs> and they don't even, so, and it's like, they, then it, they, they won't have the alien eggs because David is making the, the xenomorph, which it, it, it kind of, so I I can kind of sense maybe maybe there will be a human in the space jockey suit in the beginning of Alien One maybe that has an engineer ship but yet if he wiped out the whole race of engineers I I, I I'm taken back by just that whole thing to begin with right away once the whole race of engineers is wiped out I was kind of taken away from what he was originally trying to do. With Prometheus, so I, I I see what John is saying. Like I agree with John. I I agree with the whole retcon thing. I feel like this is to fix some of the things that people had issues with in Prometheus, but it also seems like he's trying to reboot Alien in a in a way. If well, I think if you think about the movie, uh, and the the race that uh, clearly had the means to travel through space, it's not entirely you know. Like, you could suspend disbelief and believe that there were engineers with the stuff elsewhere, and if a synthetic could make aliens from this this black liquid, then somebody else could. I think that's, like, a lot of the assumption you have to go with if you believe he's not trying to change, like, the lore completely. But that's... It's a lot of unknowns and, like, stretching what you know and filling in the gaps yourself, which isn't something you know we should have to do because if you if you think about other people being able to engineer aliens because there's different types mm-hmm. of aliens obviously because they manufacture the the dna and you know become specific then other people could have done it too and created those eggs but it just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we haven't it hasn't been explained and i you know i guess that's what he needs two more movies for i'm not sure or four but... more movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah who knows he has stated right that it's going to be two or four more movies he wants yeah. to do oh my goodness at least two but yeah up to four how how do you guys feel about because like this is a big twist in the movie that david himself is the one that creates creates an air quotes the xenomorph it's to me it it's I like it because it's sci-fi and it, it's so cool, but at the same time, it frustrates me because it, I don't know, it's just weird. Well, like John was saying, it's, it, you have to, dis, uh, you have to, you have to um, put your mind 
elsewhere and believe that maybe there are engineers who have made other xenomorphs, but it, but how would they, like, when you get into the thinking about that, like, how would they also come up with the same concept as David, unless they've had ideas for it, and David just took their ideas? You don't really... Go ahead. No, go ahead. You can finish your thought. Well, I was just saying, like, it's just... That's... I See, I, I like the whole plot of David being this manipulating mastermind. Um, it's great. And I love the whole... Yeah, I love the whole idea of him setting up these people and bringing them in to bring his creation to life. But I... As an alien fan, it I, I don't know what he's doing, and that kind of... I feel like he's... Insul- it just feels like he's insulting alien fans by just kind of dragging us along and taking advantage of the franchise to I don't know if it's either either to make more money or if he just if this is his way of getting more movies out of it and I I don't I don't know honestly I I'll get into more I, what were you going to say John I think uh the reason that it is feasible that you could think that engineers would create um, almost the same type of xenomorph is because David releases the black liquid on or the canisters on the engineer right like city and kills them. Then the black liquid like uh, morphs the the foliage and all the plants to emit spores that create aliens. So I think it's not far fetched to believe that that's what that liquid does is it creates this version of this organism. So if that's the case, then I think it's entirely feasible that somebody could create almost an identical xenomorph. But again, you just have to assume a lot of things because there's so. a lot of unknowns when you're talking about the continuity. Was there anything else you wanted to add to that, Hawk? From Not, your opinion, that was um, David being the the originator, the catalyst of the xenomorphs. Just it floored me that. Ridley would do something like that. That inadvertently humans are truly the creator of the xenomorph. It's kind of weird, but at the same time, I can dig it because it's something, you know, it's just something I like. Did you go ahead? Did you guys not see that coming? Because, I mean, I'll be honest, I did. (laughs) I can't wait to get into that. Um, Did I see it coming? I, I gotta. I mean. I I thought it I truly thought it wasn't we weren't going to see the xenomorph this movie. I thought it was just going to be the next step in the xenomorph the xenomorph hierarchy evolution because that would have been way cooler of not seeing the xenomorph yet. And that would I think it would just I thought that would be way cooler. But no. Nah, I didn't see the xenomorph. I saw him creating something but not a xenomorph. What's What's weird to me is, um, well, I agree with you, Hawk. I, I do feel the whole sci-fi feel uh, element of that, and it, and I was as I was saying like to you guys before, I, I I I love how it how it's like an old school sci-fi feel, and like with the exp, exp, exploration and finding a planet, and you know, there's so, a being who's friendly but turns around to become a villain with a master plan, and and I like the the alien species and all that jazz, but 
it just felt like an older stylish sci-fi thing to me but i like the i i like the twist and i i'm not a big fan of david period cuz like i said i'm an i i like the original alien i like aliens so so watching this when it's completely different in just all aspects is kind of weird because aliens is more like a in my in my opinion a realistic uh take on how someone you know like you don't you don't know like it how like a suspense a thriller um i hate to mumble and carry on and not find the right words uh so i apologize for that but it's like every character acts realistically in aliens yeah 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 you get a sense of wow this is suspenseful this is thrilling and this one i didn't even get any suspense or or thrilling vibe the only thing that really like caught me off guard was uh when John ca- John called out every part, I just want to say I saw the movie with John, and John called out every single part of this movie. Can uh, John? Um, can, John, can you give me an example of you calling out every single part? I can give you an example. Go ahead. Okay, so the the, uh, the the captain goes to talk to David. He kills the the neo morph, and uh, John goes. He's going to use him. To make the xenomorph, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> it's just it was apparent. I mean, even I'll be honest, like even in Prometheus, the signs are there that David is like, is, he's he's not done, and he's gonna screw everything up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's just fascinated with that black liquid. And I actually read a uh, a thing about people talking about the black liquid and David because he touched it directly and like if it altered his programming or something. I don't uh, I don't think that. That's but, that's kind of interesting. That that's an interesting theory, but yeah, because when he has that on his finger, it kind of just sits there, versus when it yeah. goes to some like a human. I think it's just suggesting you know he can't he can't be affected by it because he's synthetic. But maybe um, I did. Go ahead, John. I, I did see a lot of this movie coming. I mean, it just it just felt predictable. It was telegraphed. I think the most the most suspenseful uh, part of the movie is the the music. <laughs> I uh, the most suspenseful part of the movie for me was the spacewalk with Danny McBride. Uh, yeah, I like that part. I was like, oh my god! Is he, even though he's in the trailer, in different <laughs> scenes, is he going to kill him off here? Yeah, like he killed James Franco. <laughs> James Franco was the best, the best part that. of the movie. <laughs> the best about that is he's smiling while he's in the cryo tube, like <laughs> while he's dying, <laughs> burning the flame. He was li- he was lighting up a joint in there. Okay, bruh. I did get the uh, Pineapple Express uh, smile vibe from that. Hey, he can do whatever he wants. All right. So, do you want to go into more uh, predictability? Yeah, this. I shook my head like a couple times during this movie because you see so many alien movies, you just know what's going to happen. So you would think that you would try to mix it up or to try to do it in different ways, but it's more along the same of things that we've all seen. I, I remember distinctly when the captain walks down into the cave and the alien egg is like right in the middle and it just opens up. I was I just shook my head. I was like, "No, come on. This is <laughs> I just I couldn't believe this something They this showed that in the trailer. Did they? 
They did. They showed him getting face hugged in the trailer, I believe. Yeah, oh, they did. Shit. Well, yeah, it was predictable, guys. I, I, <laughs> I think. I think what really did it for me, like in the beginning, I I felt really good about the movie, and like I said, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. I think in the beginning, though, I really liked it because of the setup and the build, and you know, the ship experiencing the problems, them waking up, you know, they lose the captain. You you feel for the characters. Then they touch down on that planet. It just it it ramps up so quickly. Very like quickly. you immediately get a neomorph, like within five minutes of them being on the planet in terms of footage. You just you have them immediately. Like two people are infected, and it's nonstop. There's never any like pause from the actual aliens, like See, the neomorph, the xenomorph. Yeah, he does that in Prometheus. Because in Prometheus, as soon as the guy gets infected, the next day, they go back into the cave, he gets sick, and then, like, they kind of, like, montage him out of the cave, and then, it just, like, everything after that, he gets burned alive. Then you see uh, Peter Wayland, and then um, she, she gets the, she's like, okay, I'm three months pregnant already, oh my god, it's coming now, I gotta get it out of me. You get it out, and then, you know... Then comes Peter Whalen, but then they rush to the ship to wake up the the engineer, and then he in, in, instantly turns on that, like rips David's head off, smashes Peter Whalen with it, and it just it escalates so fast at that halfway mark in that movie, and I I, I feel like he thinks audiences need that because of um his last few movies. Well, Martian, he did Martian, right? Yeah, really. Did Scott he, did Martian? The, he did the Martian. Okay, well, he—I think it was Exodus, Gods and Kings. He did that was poorly, <laughs> uh, was poorly reviewed and stuff. And that was kind of like a slower-paced movie. It looked like I, I don't know if he's just well. That was after Prometheus too, right? So I, I don't know. It's like he—he he, he thinks that this has to pick up at a certain point. And if you watch the original Alien, it's kind of a slow drag all the way through. Because of its suspense and stuff, it's like this. He wants. He's just like, oh, here you go, boom, take it, take take it. I, I, so I agree with John, and I remember um, in the beginning when they were doing the solar panels thing, and John was like, that they could, that's true, because they're doing that now. And, and John, I, I could tell John was indig, it was like intrigued and involved in that part, and I did like it too. Yeah, kind of had like great. a yeah, it was great. Kind of had like a Star Trek vibe almost and well i mean that's that's something relevant you know they they're actually doing that sending that to the you know the the probes to the other galaxy by means of solar mm-hmm. panels mm-hmm. you know solar sails they got the count dooku I mean, ship I'm, yeah it's you can <laughs> you can do it and the fact that they in, incorporated that into this technology that ships using to you know traverse space later on and you know the humanity's life cycle is great but then you just kind of lose all of that intrigue and you move into the non-stop alien nonsense it's like an inverse alien movie where you because in the alien movie you actually you kind of live with the crew you kind of know them before they die in this one you don't get to know them at all before nearly half the crew dies before the half halfway through the movie which is insane i just want to go ahead Danny McBride's wife dies, and I mean, we get like one scene of him getting pissed, and that's all we get from him because we we don't get anything else with him. Got to be captain, man. You got to be strong, or co-captain. I, gotta be strong. I guess what I 
what I took from that is he, I feel like he was thinking about it the whole time, like it, that she could be gone. She could be gone. But I also agree because it was like he was sad for a second and that never affected him for the rest of the movie. Yeah, Once, you don't really get a, you get like a hug. That's it. Who, and it's just, it's kind of brief. Whose bright idea was it to have an entire crew filled with couples? That's ridiculous. Just, just, just if anything goes wrong to one of them, you just you're compromising the crew because they're going to put their 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 spouse's well being first. That's just it. Kind of, I was like, what, what, what is? Well, Hawk, we don't want a passenger's problem here. Where we're going to wake someone up just to love them. Oh my okay, goodness. you're a male chauvinist if you do that. Oh, male chauvinist. I just, I don't know. That's, I, I feel, I. Does Wayland not vet any of their crew? Does he not vet them psychologically? Do they not vet them emotionally? It just feels like no one is ready for any. Like they don't. Do they not plan for alien meetings? Do they? Do they not plan for quarantine? That's what the guns are for. Do they not plan for quarantine scenarios? It just didn't feel like. I mean, they went down to the planet in no helmets. Well, they it they figured their their mother told them it was habit habit. Uh, I don't, I don't care what mother tells me. I'm wearing a damn helmet. If they wore a helmet, none of that none of that black goo, none of that black goo would have gotten to my nose, would have gotten to my ear. I just want to state because uh, we haven't stated it, but this Alien Covenant is ten years or eleven years technically after um, Prometheus mm-hmm. and. And uh, Covenant is 18 years uh, before Alien, the first Alien, supposedly. So he's going to put four movies in between that 18-year gap. I, I just don't know where he's taking it. Like, I guess what, uh, you touched on it earlier, Hawk. Let's, let's talk about the Xenomorphs. Uh, what do you, what'd you guys, what's your guys' opinions on the Xenomorph? John, uh, I'll ask you first. Well. I just I want to go back to what you just said about the four movie timeline in a minute. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the xenomorph, like, are we talking looks? Are we talking how just, it appeared? Uh, just overall pre. I guess that we could talk about that, and we can talk about its overall presence in the movie. It's it seemed really aggressive, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. almost needlessly aggressive mm-hmm. because we we don't usually get that. You know, we get a like a a cold, collected, like, assassin in the alien. Unless we're talking, you know, like, Alien vs. Predator when there's a billion of them or something. <laughs> but we, we get, like, uh, an, an individual that's by itself hunting these people down to, you know, reproduce or to, you know, to live. Yeah. And we don't get that in this. We just get something that is, like, it, it's, it's a pure killing machine mm-hmm. that's only going out for blood. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't it, it, apparently it doesn't uh it knows david is its uh uh creator almost or parent figure mm-hmm. like it doesn't ever go towards david that, then again he's never really around i guess when it's when the xenomorph is attacking but there's also that scene where the neomorph kind of like looks at him and is kind of like like it's well, not doing we, anything. If we think about the 
the, the xenomorph and the neomorph and, you know, the, the black liquid species as something that can't reproduce unless it uses something else, like impregnates it or whatever. I guess it makes sense that it wouldn't be interested in David at all, but it would be intrigued by him if he's not threatening them, just because they can't use it and that's their primary function. What do you think of it standing on it. its two legs, though? I mean, I, that doesn't bother me that much. I don't know. I, di- I didn't really like the aliens here because I, I didn't really feel their their presence, really. Like, even though, the, the like you said, the Neomorph happens really fast. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of takes away from its, um, its scary element that some of the other aliens have where you're like, oh my god, there's aliens, you got you gotta get out of here, or something. It, it, it was more like, uh, well, I guess I, I was more intrigued by, like, I was more mad that the one chick wasn't open up the door. I was like, why don't you just open up the, the door to let the other girl out? Quarantine. She was right. She was doing her duty. Quarantine. <laughs> And then she shot the thing, and the ship blew up. But slipped on blood twice. You cannot forget yeah. that. I, I mean, I don't know. I I didn't feel the presence of them really. Is I felt more of David as the antagonist, and it's and it and it. That's why I think it didn't feel like an alien movie to me. Is because David was more the antagonist, and the alien was more of a side role that didn't really do much you're like, right you're definitely right and when you see it that way it may, it kind of turns the movie but i don't know how ridley scott is one of the few people who can make a xenomorph not scary and he did it it just there was no thrill or horror to these xenomorphs and that that right there took away from the movie for me when you see the xenomorph well when you don't see the xenomorph an alien. It's just as scary as seeing the xenomorph, an alien. And that's what makes a good a good thrilling horror sci-fi. There's a reason why Terminator and Terminator 2 work so well, and that's because when you go in against the ultimate killing machine, nothing you do can stop it. And the only thing you can do is run away. And that's why it works. And that's why it worked in Alien, and that's why it worked in Aliens, and that's why it doesn't work in Alien Covenant, because they destroy the xenomorphs so easily and the xenomorphs are just not they're not brilliant you they they herded the last alien into the the docking bay where they could jettison out it it out into the space if this was the alien Alien and aliens same thing yeah the same exact thing if this i mean she she definitely outsmarted it but apparently but apparently this, ha- this uh, xenomorph has no smart gene in its body, if it would figure out that it's being herded with the doors, and it would act accordingly and do the exact opposite. That's how I, I was like, ah, oh, this alien is... I was like, ah, oh, this is too easy. It's just too easy. I do like the look of the xenomorph. Uh, it, it draws upon some, uh, some great uh, monsters in like, other media. Um, it, it looks very yeah. familiar to uh, the, I forget what it's called, but there's a, a creature in Zelda that has hands and it has like no eyes, but it's like that pale uh, flesh color and you can see like 
the veins and stuff through it. It looks great. It's just used in a poor way. And and that's kind of sad. I agree. I agree. I I I I, I don't know. I I'm just so conflicted cuz I did like the elements of the plot where like I said David is, you know, using them and it was they get, went to that planet because of the stress beacon and it turned out, you know, he was actually using that in general to get people to come there so he can get off the planet. But I didn't like how... I just didn't like introducing the engineers and killing them off. I I don't know. Do you, do you guys think he got away from the black goo? Or do you, like, do you think the black goo was still kind of uh, represent, represented in this uh, in Alien Covenant way? John, do you want to take that one? I think it's uh, it's definitely there. It's it's not going away. Um, he's just explaining how it turns into what you know it turns into is what he's trying to do. I think he stands by his decision to make it a a black substance that corrupts, you know, a chemical that corrupts whatever it uh, touches and destroys, uh, and can be morphed into this alien. It's it's weird to think of you know this black goop creating life when it's meant to destroy why would you make a biological weapon that creates things if you want to kill stuff but <laughs> he's he's sticking by it i uh yeah i i agree um why introduce a very pivotal and important plot in prometheus and an alien the space jockey and the engineers and then completely rid rid them rid them of the story in one scene, which honestly, that was a very cool scene thematically. I love that scene when it's David bombing them into oblivion. I thought that was a very well done scene, but at the same time, I was like, I kind of wanted to see more interaction with the engineers. I just, I just didn't like how it didn't flow with uh, Prometheus. Talking um, about that scene. Why did they not all get infected if the black goo infects people? Yeah, why didn't aliens come from them? Remember at the beginning of Prometheus when the guy drinks it and he instantly breaks down? When, you inje- when, when it touches you first, it kills you, and then it breaks down, and then it rebuilds. Yeah, so why didn't it rebuild anything over time? Beats me. Then, I guess if there was, it's been 10 years. I, I guess it takes a while. I, I, I couldn't tell I, you. We only can speculate. Well, didn't it take... I guess it's it's because there's so much of it that there's nothing to rebuild. That's the only thing I could think of, but it was still kind of weird. The only thing I we got from Prometheus was the captain said that he thinks it was a stockpile of weapons that all the jars, which, which yeah, that that planet supposedly yeah in Prometheus that they go to LV two twenty six uh, or something like that two twenty six yeah or something like that um. They believe that was a military outpost for the engineers, and that's where they housed all of these, um, this this goo, I guess. And um, it's just weird that it can create and destroy. It's just weird. I agree. It's weird. Going back to uh, the four movies, I'd like to just uh, pose the the plot if he makes four movies here. So the next movie 
David is going to perfect the xenomorph. Okay, we're going to get that. The, the smart xenomorph. The, the, the cold, calculating Boom. xenomorph Amazing. that knows that it doesn't need David anymore. It's going, he's going to be gone. So after that, we're going to get uh, people's encounter with the aliens, and I'll I'll go with, I'll go ahead and pose that this is gonna be a two-part movie. It's gonna be two movies. Mm. All right, it's gonna be one movie of them encountering this civilization of aliens because it has taken over, and the second part is them killing it. And then the fourth one will be you know like if there is a fourth one, just uh, you know something you know expanding upon the lore, but ultimately it's gonna lead into you thinking that the aliens are gone which leads into Alien 1 when they find it and it's not gone, because that's what he's building to. That they've been developed, you thought they were gone, and they come back in the original. It's so, like, a, oh my god, that's they found an alien. So do you think there's more engineers out there to bring, to get, to, to get the aliens in their ship, or do you think that maybe there's going to be a human inside the Space Jackie outfit that's in the Alien 1? I think yeah, I think it's it's sufficient to say it's probably going to be a human. I I uh I will go the opposite way and say that the engineers are space-faring people and that they have more planets than just that one. But that's just me being optimistic. Well, that'd L- be nice. LV two two six apparently had other ships on it because remember that one crash and then Shaw and David get into a different one. You're talking about 226. Yeah, what did I say? Yes, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right. There's another ship, and they found it. And which leads us to, how do you guys feel about the off-screen kill of Elizabeth Shaw? Um, Makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't, it didn't really bother me. Um, see, I, I'm not... I wasn't in as much... See... I like the whole David thing, as I was saying. I just wish he would have been. It would have been more. Why have why call it alien if if the alien's presence isn't really going to mean anything? If this this is just that's why I was saying you gotta sell the movie. It's called just obviously, and that's that's a shame for people who are alien fans are gonna go into this and be like, oh, I just got a Covenant David movie, David Covenant. <laughs> Um. So, I I feel like it is a prequel. It it is an alien movie in the sense it's building the lore, but I I see what you mean in terms of the style of the movie. It's not an alien. Movie. Yeah. I guess um, I did. I felt like this was a little more campy than uh, Prometheus in a way. Did you guys feel that? I'm not a huge fan of Prometheus. Um, I liked it, but again, it wasn't that great. I don't know, it felt on par with it to me. I mean, obviously Prometheus was paced a bit slower, but I I could see where it come from. I, uh, I liked both movies about the same with Prometheus just a little bit more, just because of the fact that I think Ridley Scott took a lot of risks with Prometheus, and then he... He dialed it back a little bit with Covenant and, tr- and tried to explain it a lot more. 
But I think both. So he can go all out yeah. in the next yeah. movie, Alien War. <laughs> Alien War. <laughs> but I think this, both these movies suffer from Dark Knight Rises syndrome, where everyone is freaking stupid. I think. I think we need to have a pitch it episode where we pitch the next four alien. <laughs> We're gonna pitch all four of them. <laughs> oh my goodness! I just the big concern for like this just this movie in general for me personally just it put me it left me in a place where where I I want to know more of how we're getting to alien more than we got any answers from answered any questions from Prometheus, so I was kind of left a little confused. Um, I, I really don't like... I, I just... I, I guess I can't say because, like we were just talking about, it could be a human in the space jockey outfit, but it's, it's just going to be weird, I guess, to see another engineer ship get alien eggs if, if it all goes down. I don't know. I... We'll see what happens. I, well, you got four movies to find out, so you got plenty of time. Do you guys want to get into uh, final summary and grades on this? Or no, no, no. Actually, let's let's do an, let's do instead of negatives and positive positives. Uh, I suggest we call it ups and downs. So I said we do our downs first, and then we do our ups. If that's if that's cool with you guys, I'm I'm down. So, um, John, what were some of your downs? Uh, well, I mentioned it before, the uh, rapid pace at which it accelerated after the Neomorph is introduced way too early. Um, I'm not a big proponent of Michael Fassbender's David. I don't particularly like him. I understand what he's doing and how he thinks and the character, but I feel like it's been done. It's an AI um, trying to be... So you, 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 you don't an like AI trying to be more than an AI. Okay. So you you just don't like how he played the character, or just the character character. I don't like the character. Okay. Michael Fassbender's fine. Okay. I just don't like David. Okay. It's it's he the Michael Fassbender actually does a really good uh, synthetic walk. Mm-hmm. Very good. And I'm perfectly fine with that. It's just <laughs> he uh, he's a character that we've seen before, and he's not doing anything original. Just by creating life, he's he's obsessed with creation, and that's great. But uh, I feel like we've seen it a hundred times with AIs. Um, other than that, though, everything else was moderately okay. I didn't have any really down-down moments other than the pacing and the heavy David focus. Hawk, what were some of your downs? Um, I would... What's, it would be an up and a down. Uh, it's mostly a down. Uh, him, David, destroying the engineer what we think is their entire race that was a pretty big down for me i have to agree with john kenoki with the pace i felt when you establish how long the face huggers take and how long it takes for a gestation period and how long it takes for an alien to mature to be a xenomorph you you know we we have that established and then you accelerate everything i'm i'm guessing it's because of the black goo but the the neomorphs matured at a absurd rate. The xenomorph uh, matured at an absurd rate, and I just it, there was no suspense. And I and that's an also another down that I did not feel any tension in this movie besides like one or two scenes. 
Um, I'll go over some of my downs again uh, very briefly. Uh, this felt different. It just didn't flow uh, with Prometheus, in my opinion. Um, and I, and to, to call it an alien movie in the title and it, for it to not feel like the alien is a strong presence is, um, is a down for me. Um, I loved, I, I, I can't say that. I'll get into that in a second. Um, I didn't like the aliens overall because of the presence. Um, let's see. I, I agree with you, Hawk. Uh, I mentioned it. I didn't like introducing the whole race in, in this last one and then taking them, taking them away when it's clearly a space jockey ship in Alien 1. Uh, let me see what else I uh, wrote down in my notes here. I, I think that's pretty much it. As uh, I like you, I didn't feel any really suspense. Um, I agree with the pacing. Uh, I'll get into my ups now, and then we'll, I'll ask you guys. But my ups would have to be cinematography. I got, I got one more down, if that's okay. I okay, go ahead. Um, the captain of the ship was probably one of the worst captains I've ever seen. Who who doesn't have a? I, I'm glad you touched on this. Who does not have a funeral? For the previous dead captain, who does not allow a time to mourn? I don't. I don't know what captain school or co-captain school or pre-captain school he <laughs> went to before, but but he's described as having faith and as a person who believes myself. I just, I how could you not let these people time to mourn and grieve and even just who I, I couldn't I couldn't understand it because Daniel says a line in the movie. That I was like, she says, we need your faith now. And I was like, well, we certainly do because we haven't seen it yet. And I would, well, love, yeah, I would love to see him. That, I would just love to see him exude some type of faith where he has like, he needs to rely on it. And he never did. And I was like, okay. That line was almost pointless. It was, it was forced in there, I felt, because he didn't ever use it. It was never important. Yeah, because when he first became captain and uh, he got mad about them doing the funeral, uh, doesn't his wife come over and he says, they didn't want me to be captain anyway because of my faith. They, they thought I'd be too like an extremist or something almost. And I didn't see any indication of his faith at all in this movie. He was Not at all. He was more of a logical character than a faithful, one with faith or um, like, uh, believability in a higher power, unlike Shaw, who, yeah, um, exactly. Prometheus, you know, at least at the end, she's like, I still, David's like, well, do you still believe or something? And she's like, I do, I do still believe. And she's, or I do still have faith. And he's like, how so? And he's like, that's just what I choose to believe or whatever she says. At least it's mentioned in Prometheus. It's not very explicit, but it's still there. In this one, there is nothing. When you try to be psychological in this movie, you have to add the psychologicalness to it. Where, where did, where is it? It's, where is it? But ups, I would definitely say uh, for me, for an up is uh, cinematography. I enjoyed the cinematography. Um, I enjoyed uh, the antagonist being man manipulative or saving them. Looking like a character from Des uh, Destiny and um, <laughs> the video game, and uh, you know, using them and or pretending to bring them in to help them, and using them, manipulating them to 
start his own wave of um, injustice across the galaxy or whatever. Um, I liked the old school sci-fi feel. I liked the opening, like like as uh, John said earlier, the explore- exploration feel and all that. And the build-up until it, you know, it did quicken in pace. Uh, I liked how, I even though I thought it was a little more campy than uh, Prometheus, I, I liked that in a sense because it, it feels like it could tie in with uh, Predator. It could have Predator in the universe in a way because Predators was, even though it was grittier, it was, um, you know, Predators a little campy in a way. It, um, Predators was, so it kind of has that same aspect of uh, being somewhere on, I don't know, it just, it felt a little bit like Predators in, in a sense of attitude, so I like that. And I think that's, uh, Chris Hawk, what's some of your ups? Um, the David and Walter Kung Fu scene. <laughs> I actually like that scene. <laughs> that was, that was actually pretty cool, yeah. Even though, I mean, it falls along the lines of campy because of Kung Fu and the alien universe, and it's just, it's out of nowhere. And, but I, I actually, I actually liked it quite a bit. I, uh, I definitely, I think my favorite parts of the movie was the David and Walter, uh, interactions, interactions, and, <laughs> uh, I'll do the fingering. And I, I definitely dug their conversations and their musings about, What's it like to create, and should we create? And I that now was that's the, the same actor talking to himself and kissing himself and kissing himself. <laughs> and I thought I think think I really think that was the best part of the movie, and one of the best parts of the movie. And Daniels, I think Daniels is Daniels and McBride. If they survive for the next movies, I think they're a great team. They Danny McBride was personally good to me as a uh, semi-serious role because there's undertones of humor there that he has and they're they're great and I liked him in this I agree, role also. I agree. I think besides fits, the whole yeah, which part besides the um mourning his wife for a quick second, you know, and getting over it really quick, I do agree. I think he was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, he, I I definitely liked Danny McBride. I I liked the acting was okay. I wouldn't say it was a down or up. It was like a neutral. I would agree with you that the cinematography, some there's some really great shots, and I will say the space shots with the the uh, shuttle, uh, the the ship Covenant. I think they look great, and um, the overall sci-fi feel of this movie, I dug it, and that's probably why I did enjoy it. I uh. I did call them being the last two people. That was another thing I predicted <laughs> very early on. I was like, Danny McBride and uh, her, you know, they're going to survive. I feel like you get a sense uh, of that in the trailer, though. I don't, I don't even remember the trailer, to be honest with you. I'll, uh, I'll add to your ups, because uh, I do agree with a lot of them. I think the music was, you know, suspenseful, even if the movie wasn't. It is a lot of the I, music from the first Alien movie and combined is, with Prometheus. Which is used well. It's, yeah. it's used well. It's just the scenes don't deliver. Uh, I do like the way the Neomorph was made, though we'll probably never see it again because that's what happens with those offshoots of Aliens. Mm-hmm. You never see them mm-hmm. again. Um, and I, do, I didn't like all the space uh, stuff. 
all the uh, different types of uh, you know solar sails and all that. That's really cool to see, but it got really quick in the end there. Uh, I do. I just would like to say I think if you know we had gotten 30 more minutes to the movie to make it more suspenseful to slow it down, I don't think anyone would have complained. It was only a two-hour movie. I don't think a two-and-a-half-hour movie would have been that yeah. bad. Yeah, Amy- Aliens is almost three hours. Maybe That's ridiculous. Maybe <laughs> more of um, the alien being more of a threat would have been uh, cool to place in that 30 minutes as well. Yeah, just don't kill everyone off so fast. Do One thing, quick thing about... I wanted to mention is I did like the Utani, Utani symbol in this. Because um, Mother... Is in the first Alien, and they kind of talk about Mother here. I mean, obviously, Mother doesn't talk back in the first Alien. Um, they kind of, it kind of just you know shows up on the screen of the words. And this one, Mother talks back, which is kind of like contradicting your technology in a way. Um, but I do, I do like how they kind of showcased. Well, now Utani is involved here because of the Utani symbol everywhere. So, um. I don't know exactly if it's Utani, Wayland Utani yet, or if, if it's just Utani Corporation. I guess uh, that will be subtly uh, added in the franchise as it goes on. Is this is this the first Alien movie that ends on a sour note for the twist at the end? Um, I don't know because Alien Three ends. With Ripley, spoiler alert! If you haven't seen Alien Three, um, Ripley dies. That's right. She jumps that's into right. the she molten jumps into the metal. Molten, molten metal with the alien queen. Yeah, it was supposed. To, that was supposed to be her last hurrah, but you know, obviously they brought her back for a resurrection. The basketball scene. The basketball scene. They brought her back just for that. They're like, they're like Sigourney Weaver. Look, okay, we wrote you the perfect scene, and you you have to be in this movie. We'll give you eight. Million dollars to be in this movie <laughs> if you do this scene. And she was like, You know what? Chicago Bulls are my favorite team right now. So let's do it. That Michael Jordan, he's a, he's, uh, it's only his first <laughs> couple years in the uh, league, but he's pretty good. I like him. So you know what? I'll dedicate this scene to MJ. Did you guys, did you guys know? I mean, it was pretty apparent, but we all knew that it was David in the end, right? Yeah, yeah. Is me and John. I John. I was a little like, is it David? Is it Walter? But John was like, no, that's David. Shut up, Mario. You're stupid. <laughs> oh snap! So let's uh let's kind of get into our final grades here. Uh, John, you 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 go first. Um, I don't know. It's really hard. I don't want to. I don't want to give it. You know, a terrible grade. I'd probably give it a seven. Uh, I I I enjoyed it for what it was, but it wasn't what I was looking for, nor what I expected. So, I think a 7 is fair, because I don't really destroy things unless <laughs> that was actually, actually terrible. Um, I agree with you, spot on. It was definitely, I was definitely caught off guard. Um, there was a lot of the same elements. Um, the crew was stupid. Uh, the pacing, we, we, we mentioned all our ups and downs, but I would probably give Alien Covenant a, or as I would call it, Covenant, David Covenant, mm-hmm. uh, seven point two out of ten. You and your points. Look, hey. So this is uh, this is actually a very. Uh, I I like my Rubicon this time because it's actually some of 
two of my favorite movies. And the first movie I'm going to Rubicon it to is the movie Splice, which came out in 2009, where what they do in the movie is they splice a bunch of different animals together to create, to help with... Splice? <laughs> have, you, have you seen Splice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just... For... That's random. I never hear anyone say they like Splice. Well, I don't like it. It's just like it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how they try to create the perfect specimen for medical procedures and stuff like that to help out with medicalness, medical stuff. And they end up creating something that ends up killing most of them. So I, I, I really got some Splice vibes from some scenes because of David and creating. And uh, also a theme, which I still think... Is, goes back to Prometheus also is the hubris that the engineers, the humans, and David have for creating things. And I felt that Jurassic Park felt directly in line with that hubris of creating something so magnificent, but then it comes back to haunt you. It just, the dinosaurs, ease, they definitely can't be controlled. And, and if you thought you could, you're just dumb. Just like how the xenomorphs, you know, just... You're, there's no way you're going to control the xenomorphs, David, and it's it's going to come back to haunt him, like it how like how David was created, and now it's come back to haunt them. And the last movie is Ghost in the Shell, because in Ghost in the Shell, the main care one of the main antagonists was the puppet master, and the puppet master wants to he wants to create. That's his main goal. He wants to create, but he can't because he's an AI. So what does he do? He joins with the major, and then they combine to create. And David is the puppet master. He wants to create, but he can't. And there's also some Android vibes and some sci-fi vibes in there. But that's, those are the main themes of the movie that I got from Alien Covenant. As a whole, Alien Covenant is a movie I definitely enjoyed because of how it adhered to sci-fi. But it, its shortcomings as an alien movie itself, I don't feel like it lives up to Alien or Aliens at all and i just feel like it falls a little short of that mark but overall i enjoyed it but it's just i expected more a lot more so john gave alien covenant a uh, 7 out of 10 mario b that's me gave <laughs> alien covenant a 7.2 out of 10 with my points my point twos my points in betweens um and Chris Hawk's similarity Rubicon, he's compared it to Splice because of the uh, the the creating something that's going to destroy you. Um, the uh, what was it? Dinosaur? Yeah. What the heck was it? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, and and uh, you know I can, I can see that. And then uh, the other one you said was some of the stuff from Prometheus as well, right? And Ghost in the Shell. So, uh, that was our take on Alien Covenant. If you had a different opinion, definitely let us know. Social media. Email us at cinema7podcast at gmail.com. Uh, definitely hit us up on social media, though, like uh, Cinema7 underscore podcast on Twitter. At, on Facebook, we're just Cinema7, our name. Um, so, definitely let us know. And... Definitely sign up for that newsletter because uh, we'll be putting some all kinds of. We do extra goody stuff on there, so some goody goods, good goods, extra stuff on there. Um, and definitely, um, when John puts up that that patron, you know, definitely help us out if you like us. And 
we'll give you a shout out and you know there's even a thing on there where if you give enough you will have you guest appear on the podcast with us so uh th- yeah that was our take of alien covenant like i said uh, but now uh for the last half we're gonna get into uh well not last half well last part of the the episode we're gonna get into some news I can uh, discuss a little bit. So, uh, some yeah. of the news here. Um, this is the best one. This is the best one. Okay. Resident Evil <laughs> franchise reboot. I'm okay with that. How, how closely are they going to follow the games? Because that, be, that would be why they would reboot it. Because reboot it. the movies stray so far away. And they, the names they add in the movies are just likenesses. And they, they really aren't connected like they are. In the games, I think, I think it's going to be heavy, uh, heavy horror. To be honest, that would with you. be fantastic. I think this uh, last game, Biohazard, uh, showed them that there's a need for the uh, the return to the horror of Resident Evil, and uh, that's what they plan to do. I don't think there's any other way they could go. Did you play some of Seven? Yeah, I've I've played about halfway through it. I'm I'm still playing it, and you know, occasionally I have too many things to yeah. play right now. But it's it's a that's great game. A, yeah, it's on my list. I hope it's not uh, jump scary horror, though. Hopefully, it wouldn't be like that. But they they could obviously protect it if they um, get the right people involved for sure, and it would be legit uh, suspenseful and scary. I wouldn't even mind if Mila Jovovich reprised her role. I wouldn't even be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I I might be. I, see. I like the first movie. It just I feel like in that time of age, I think we discussed this before. Um, that movies tried to be real different from their source material in a way to uh, so is I guess different in a way, and it wasn't straight up like, hey, we copied this or like what what else did it around that time? Mortal Kombat was uh, kind of different in a way. Um, Johnny Cage got killed this, in the first five seconds, man. That was the second movie. I know. <laughs> uh, this this one was definitely different, and uh, Spider Man, you know, obviously had uh, the origin was almost the same. Just people, you know, there's different aspects of it that were changed, and people don't like that, I guess. But uh, I, it doesn't bother me because you'd be too it would be too predictable if it was a direct ripoff or copy in a way you know i i don't know how you guys feel about that but um also uh apparently the guy who said he wasn't going to be back (laughs) is going to be back arnold schwarzenegger will be back for terminator 6 uh geez they need to stop making these movies they are not very good now reboot the franchise yeah reboot it you have to. You know what you can do? You can reboot it because it's a time travel movie. You can reboot it and it will still be in the universe, which I still think is what they tried to do with the fifth one and it didn't work very well. No, it was uh, definitely really campy <laughs> and weird. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like Arnold and he's in my favorite movie, Predator. Uh, obviously, he's not the best actor. But I think he you're was, right. I he think wasn't that, the problem with that movie, though. No, he wasn't. Um, Jai Courtney was <laughs> an issue in that movie, for sure. <laughs> Which is strange, because he was the best person in Suicide Squad. I just don't understand. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
what was it? What's that show called that Seth MacFarlane's doing where it's kind of like Star Trek? He's doing the Orville, where it's like a Star Trek and a Family Guy had a baby. That's a, that's kind of what it it's is. It's like a comedy Star Trek. Picture, uh, what was it? Galaxy Quest Galaxy, and Star Trek. Based, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which, I mean, it could work if they get, because the jokes in the trailer did not, I did not laugh like a single. And I hope, like, but that's just because it's the pilot. I hope that they get more in depth because you could do some really good things in a Star Trek comedy. You can do some good, some great things. You also can do some yeah. serious things, also. And that I feel like maybe I feel like Seth, I think Seth MacFarlane is producing this. So there's, it's all up to ratings now because it's not gonna, it's not gonna be because of money. It's just gonna be because of ratings. Then Seth MacFarlane's a very acquired taste. Most times, I think you uh, you have to really appreciate his jokes, and obviously not all of them are good. But uh, he has a very specific sense of humor, and it's it's not going to change. So I don't, I don't know that it's going to work for a lot of people. Another thing uh, that they just revealed a trailer of is uh, Star Trek Discovery, which looks like it's going to be coming out around the same time of this. And uh, I don't know if this is going to hurt Star Trek, or if it's the other Maybe way it around. Be a crossover. What'd you say, John? Maybe there's going to be a crossover. Maybe that would be kind of funny, wouldn't it? Well, it's only on. Uh, CBS Access also. It's not going to be on TV. Oh, really? Yeah, it's only for those. It's like uh, CBS Access is like HBO Go and what? stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's its own service. Is that to sell their streaming service? I think so. That's kind of weird. Because I don't know. With a big name like Star Trek, it may Chris be. Chris, are your facts straight on this one? I can check right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna try to watch it, um, any way I can. Uh, I I like uh Star Trek, and I definitely. Oh, um, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll uh continue with the news. Um, Hawk, what do you think of uh Gifted? Did you see the Gifted trailer? I did, and I didn't like it. I, I um it I yeah. don't know what it is about Is it Marvel or is it Fox doing I it straight? I think up? it's I think it's the Marvels. It's called Marvel's the Gifted. And that's what I really think. Because they can't use the term mutant, right? Yeah. That's unfortunate. So this is like uh Agents of Shield and Inhumans in a way. This is going to be like their straight up TV show a marvel straight up tv show yeah and it looks like it's gonna be about the young i don't know what timeline it is whether it's past x-men timeline with professor xavier having killed all the x-men and the brotherhood but it because they make met they take mention of it so you know what it, this might be it might be foxes but it has the more i think it has marvel's name on it though maybe it's both Maybe because it both. is on it's on Fox, so I don't know. It I I don't know what it is, but it looked kind of corny, and I'm eh, it just you're just waiting. Chris Hawk is just waiting for that X or for Cyclops to lead the X Men. Oh I my feel goodness! Like. We just need give me James Marsden. 
and make him a, a by the books, super smart, just Cyclops. And he's kind of an ass. And that's, and that's what it is. He could and probably make it work. I can, I can see it. I liked him as Cyclops in the X-Men movies. It's a shame he's hardly in three. Right? It's, it is three a shame. Three is where he dies. It is definitely a shame. So uh, that's the news. Um, that's pretty much all we have. Um, every episode we like to cover news first and usually get into the movie. But, um, you know, with time restraints and stuff, we uh, decide to go full-fledged alien first and then talk about the news last. Um, we did that with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 as well. Uh, this is, this is uh, definitely um, an experience for us to, to learn and develop our podcast over Skype. So um, let us know some feedback, if you will. Uh, definitely, definitely on iTunes. Um, uh, we're Cinema 7 Podcast. That's uh, C-I-N-E-M-A, the number 7, E-V-E-N. And uh, give us like five stars, whatever number of stars you feel like we are. Um, it definitely be helpful. Uh, write a review on there. It doesn't have to be real long. It could be uh, a couple sentences to give us some quick feedback to let us know how we're doing. And, uh, you know, that could help us grow and stuff like that. And definitely if you like us and if you've been listening to us for a while now, definitely check out our patron. Like John was saying, we're going to we're gonna be setting that up soon. So keep an eye out. We'll definitely let you guys know on the podcast when that's up. And uh, also, like John was saying, when Chris Hawk is available and we're all, we're all able to get together, we're going to make a video and put it up there. Be funny. Donate, you know, a dollar because I need socks. But I'm joking. But yeah, you wanna <laughs> you wanna do the last thing, and that's uh, weekly recs. Yeah, let's get into uh, weekly recommends here. You wanna so, go first? Yeah. Um, my weekly recommend is going to be. I just I just watched. I've been I've been watching. Um, I just watched episode three. Um, it's probably another episode I believe is on tonight. I'll probably catch it tomorrow though, is, uh, American Gods. Uh, it's based off a book, uh, Hawk, uh, you said you read the book. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's a very good book. Neil Gaiman is the author, author. Um, our, kind of our brother podcast, I would say, or, um, our friends in, in the podcast world, Fireside Comics actually has a, uh, whole episode dedicated to talking about the book American Gods, so you can definitely check out that episode from Fireside Comics. They're uh, a podcast just like us, you know, up and coming, trying to learn the ropes, trying to get out there. Um, We are friends with them, we chat with them and stuff on social media, and uh, we talk, and, you know, it's it's pretty cool to have a friend podcast or a brother podcast or, you know, whatever you want to call it. A Uh, brocast. A brocast. What's up, up, bruh? But definitely check out their episode on that and before you watch the show to see if it intrigues you to go watch it. But I, my weekly recommend is definitely American Gods. I, it, no question, um, I say go check out. Go check it out. It's on Stars. Um, you can catch it on anywhere on the interwebs if you know how to do that. Uh, but it's usually, it, but it runs on Stars. Um, I, I've been digging it, man. I, the three episodes I've watched—I mean, it's it's kind of a slow build, but like not just, a lot usually really happens. Just wait. But I'm digging it. It I'm it gets it. it it slow. It's a slow book until it hits the middle. You'll see. Really? Yeah. 
All right, well, so I'm, I'm getting pretty excited. I, I I like it so far. I think we should do an episode. Oh, actually, next week, also sometime, we're going to be putting out a... Uh, we'll get into that after your weekly recommend, but my weekly recommend is definitely American Gods. So my weekly recommend is uh, Master of None 2. I believe that Aziz Ansari continues upon what he masterfully stroke in season one, and he improves upon it, improves upon it in every single way. Master of None is about Aziz, who plays this character called Dev, and he's an Indian actor slash foodie, and he plays this... A what? He's a foodie. He eats a lot of food. Oh, it's, okay. It's, <laughs> it's, part of, it's part of his character. You, you'll see it if you watch it. It's, he eats... Every single episode, he's eating something. But it follows his, his life, his personal life with his friends, his job, and his, his love life, and it's so engrossing. Season two builds upon the events after season one, and it sees him at a crossroads, and it's, it's so emotional. There are so many emotional episodes in this season that if I, I could not choose a favorite one because each one, there's, there's a long arc, and in between that arc, there's spaced out episodes in which they're very profoundly impactful. Like there's one about a young black lesbian. There's one about that's his friend, right? That's his friend. And then there's one about just the average life of a New Yorker, and it doesn't even focus on Aziz the entire time. And it's, those are two of the episodes that stand out to me a lot because there's just the way they were shot and how well I connected to them, which I was surprised because, I mean, I'm just, they're, they're different. And the best part about this show is that I don't see Aziz. It's, it's weird. Because I don't see Aziz, I see the character he's playing, and it's—I think that's the best part that he was able to do in this show. Is I heard the cin- cinematography is really good. If you get to season two, the first episode is filmed in black and white, and is one of the most beautiful shot, I think, because it's in black and white, and it's a small town in Italy, and you—and it's just—it's so great. There are other standout episodes that I—I would—I would—we would have to do an episode on it. But it's well, funny you say that because next week me and Hawk has talked about it, and uh, exclusively Hawk and I are going to do a a uh, episode on Master of None. We're going to talk about season one and two. I'm going to well, season two mostly because that's newer. So I'll watch a little I'm bit going of season to, one just to fill yeah. me up. So I'll, I'll, I'm definitely catching up on it to uh, you know to get to that point so so we can talk about it and review it um it seems like a lot of people really like it so but also this weekend we're going to do a couple other episodes um we might do a take two of the matrix um take two of the aliens take two of aliens which we're going to have our guest um joey hill on he was he's a big alien fan and he uh due to like um you know not being able to be free he couldn't guest on (laughs) alien covenant um but He's a big Alien fan. If you, if you want to check out his opinion on the first Alien movie, uh, I think it's one of our early episodes. It I think it's be, our first uh, sci-fi. Our first sci-fi. Yeah, it's it's uh, favorite sci-fi part one, I think, is what we entitled it. Um, original original member Josh was on that episode. Uh, we, he's, in, he's, in, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame. Josh, Josh Haddock. He's in the Hall are. of Fame. I think you picked Star Wars, Mario. 
No, that was the last one. I th- no, the first one was Planet of the Apes. That's, That's right. right. That's such a I good, picked Planet of so the Apes. Uh, all of Josh's pick throughout the part one, two, and three, I think he just uh, picked his favorite movies, honestly, except for Back to the Future. I, don't, I think he just picked that just because that was the first thing that came to his mind, honestly. Uh, but, Hawk, you picked, uh, what'd you pick for part one? I think I picked Minority Report. I, I think you did. I think you did. It was either part one. It was Minority Report. The last one was Ghost in the Shell, and the middle one yeah. was probably... Oh, fifth, t- fifth Element. Fifth Element. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, part one was definitely... Uh, Minority Report, we talk about the original Planet of the Apes, uh, Back to the Future, and Alien. So if you want to uh, get to know Joey, check out that episode, uh, Favorite Sci-Fi Part 1. Uh, when we get to Aliens, or Take 2 of it, um, Take 2 is basically where uh, we do, like I said earlier, we talk about uh, things that have been out. Uh, we take a second look at it. Uh, so those are some couple episodes coming up, and uh, we're building towards... You know, we're going to do one on Wonder Woman. Oh, and man. Do one. So many good people are raving about Wonder Woman. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Did you see that picture I posted to the, to the group text today? The, uh, uh, the, I don't know. I don't the old-timey so. war photo with Logan, Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Logan, it's, Captain America. Bucky. <laughs> it's pretty great. I would, pretty, I would watch a crossover that. That was pretty cool, yeah. All right, we're Cinema 7. Like I said, check us out on Twitter at Cinema 7 underscore podcast. Check us out on the Facebook at Cinema 7. Make sure to uh, give us five stars or whatever number of stars you think. Give us Um, six stars. Yeah, tell us how awkward we are or whatever you want to say in the reviews on iTunes. Give us reviews. Heart us us on SoundCloud. Check us out on Stitcher. uh, Last.fm, we're on there too. And uh, John usually posts on the Reddit thread that uh, are some of our episodes. And definitely sign up for that, um, the uh, newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. And uh, look forward to our patron if you really want to help support us. But uh, we're Cinema 7, and uh, Chris Hawk, take it away. As always, at Cinema 7, we want to thank you for watching with us. We want to thank you for listening with us. And we want to thank you for exploring with us.